I know everyone is different, but I feel like once I healed my gut, once I understood how my chronic stress and anxiety and things like that were impacting me, like once that was kind of figured out, I am able to eat so much more freely. Welcome to the Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer, and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin. And I can't wait to show you how. So get comfy and let's dive in. Oh my gosh, we are back with another episode of the Sensitive and Soulful Show. And this is episode 100. I'm so freaking pumped. I'm, I could not be more excited about this episode. I'm literally like, this could not be a more perfect episode to be number 100. So today we have Dr. Jin, my holistic doctor on the podcast. And I'm just so excited because he, like my work with him was literally pivotal and life-changing. It's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing today. Like no joke, when I went to see him, I was in such a low place with my health. I had so much stress, so much anxiety. I was constantly living in this hypervigilant fight or flight state. I was so sick with SIBO, small intestine, intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and I also had leaky gut. I was chronically fatigued. I was just not healthy, not feeling well. And my work with him, like he helped me heal my gut, which was incredible. Like life-changing because I was sick for years, but the even more impactful thing was he helped me learn about myself and get in touch with all of these things that were happening for me subconsciously below the surface, all the ways that I was being so hard on myself and the ways I was self-sabotaging. And oh, it was just, I can't thank him enough um, because through all of this self-discovery, what is then how I learned I was a highly sensitive person because I got so interested in personal development and reading about, you know, spiritual topics and just like learning about myself. And it literally changed the trajectory of my life because I got so inspired and then I eventually started a blog. And now here we are years later, I think four years later, on episode 100 of the podcast. So it just feels like a really cool full circle moment to have Dr. Jin on the podcast. And like this conversation was so freaking good. Like you're going to get so much out of it. I just feel like I don't even hear people talk about stuff in the way that he shares about it. Like he has such a unique approach. So just to tell you a little bit uh, more about Dr. Jin. So Dr. Ray Jin is a graduate of the Southern California University of Health Sciences. He's a certified functional medicine practitioner and has been in private practice for 22 years. He maintains a private or a practice in Laguna Hills, California. He is a published author, media personality, and lectures nationwide. Previously, he was a radio host for a primetime talk radio show on health. Jin discovered the connection between food intolerances and sensitivities 
and significant emotional traumas over 14 years ago and has helped many people regain their ability to enjoy foods and previously triggering environmental things again. His search for methods to help bring this liberating process to more people who suffer has brought him to develop the groundbreaking emotional allergy technique, which you'll hear us talk about more toward the end of the episode. He actually has an online course coming out, which is all about um, or is teaching you his emotional allergy technique, which is seriously, like I said, so unique, groundbreaking, so cool. So yeah, I'm just going to stop talking and get into this episode because it's so good. And I know you guys are going to love it. Um, please send me DMs. Let me know your takeaways. And I just, I just know this is going to support you so much. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for supporting the show. And also one of the best things you can do if you love the show is please share it with a friend. Please leave a review, a rating. If you like listening, it really, really helps me out. So thank you for being here. Thanks for being on this journey with me. And I can't wait for you to dive into this episode. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited. This is episode number 100 of the Sensitive and Soulful Show, which is so awesome. And I couldn't think of a better guest to bring on today than my holistic doctor, Dr. Ray Jin. So Dr. Jin, I'm so excited. Like, I feel like ever since I've started my podcast, I was like, I got to eventually bring him on. I talk about you all the time. So I want to like hand it over to you if you just want to briefly introduce yourself and then we can kind of just like get into all the all the fun topics today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Alyssa, because I remember when you started out on this um, venture yourself, uh, I remember when you came to see me, you were a corporate employee, and then uh, you wanted to do something like this. And I kind of saw you birth this, what, what has it been now, like five years, perhaps? It's been, oh, it's been almost four. So four yeah. Years. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I remember the kind of the birth of this. And I was so excited for you because I saw you change so much when uh, from when you first came to see me and we started uh, changing uh, your health as well as really kind of your mindset about things. Uh, I guess to give people an idea what I do, I'm a holistic doctor, I do functional medicine, but I also Uh, work on the mind-body aspect, which is huge. So in functional medicine, what we basically use is we use uh, lifestyle, diet, nutritional supplements to help the body get back into balance. Uh, My practice is mostly a chronic complex illness practice, which is mostly people that have uh, fatigue, brain fog, depression, anxiety, digestive issues, um, mainly autoimmune and autoimmune related type of stuff. Um, And I work with a a lot of gut issue stuff. Uh, Gut issue stuff is really, really big for people. And so much of the gut issue stuff has a um, chronic emotional stress component that's involved with it. So, um, and that's how you came to see me, uh, correct, Alyssa? Yeah, yes. So yeah, like for anyone who's not familiar, I'll just like briefly share. Basically, before I started seeing Dr. Jin, I started, I was having really bad digestive issues. I'd say for like, maybe two years, like it just progressively got worse. I was getting to this point, I had constant bloating, um, a lot of acid reflux, uh, a lot of foods that like used to not bother me were starting to bother me. And it almost felt like there was no rhyme or reason. I would eat, I started just going completely gluten-free and all of a sudden even gluten-free was bothering me. Um, and I started seeing all these different gastroenterologists. I think I saw three 
believe, yeah, I saw three before um, finally going to Dr. Jin and, you know, I got endoscopies where they put the camera down my, my throat into my stomach to see what was going on. And I did have some stomach ulcers, but I was just given Rilosec and taking Tums and just like kind of masking everything and no one could really give me answers. I did finally have one of the gastroenterologists um, have me do a, a breath test, which confirmed that I had something called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And then she prescribed me this, I don't know, a, a medicine that was supposed to cure it. And I thought for sure that would cure it and it didn't. So I remember I was just at the lowest point ever in my life, like one of the hardest times in my life where I just was like distraught. I'm like, I'm trying literally everything and nothing is working. And I went on Yelp and I typed in SIBO doctor and Dr. Jin popped up and I was like, okay. And it was, you know, holistic medicine. And I was never, I've never tried anything like that, but I just was like, all right, let's give it a shot. I'm so desperate. And then it was like crazy. As soon as I, I, I went to your like dinner with the doctor thing. So it's like, he's not necessarily taking on every client or at least, you know, at the time. Um, and I remember you speaking and I felt like hope for the first time after years of just feeling like really hopeless. And then, yeah, I just remember our, our sessions together. I really started to look forward to them because I loved how it was, you know, we focused on what I was eating but it was also, it was so much about the emotional aspect and all of this stuff, all the subconscious stuff that I was holding onto that I had no idea. And that like, any anytime people ask me like, oh, how'd you heal your gut? I'm like, in my mind, I just feel like it was like 70% of it was like the emotional piece. Like, yeah, the diet was important, but it was so much of this like childhood stuff that I was holding onto. And that, and this, our experience, me working with you is, is what catapulted me into learning I'm highly sensitive quitting my job eventually doing this. So it's just like a huge part of my story. So yeah, I mean, it's just been life-changing. I like, it's amazing. Uh, well, I want to add a few things that I, I think people would find interesting too. Okay. Uh, probably experience what you do uh, as well. Uh, a lot of these things we talk about are called invisible illnesses or invisible disabilities, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you came to see me, what were you, 23, 24? Yeah, I think I was, yeah, probably 23, 24, something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah, you're 23, 24. Uh, you're an attractive young woman. And so on the outside, you look great, right? <laughs> and and so your lab work, for the most part, looked eh, not horrible either. Mm -hmm. uh, not to the point where they're like, oh my God, she's in really bad shape. You're, you're, lab numbers were, you know, in at least in the medical uh, ranges, they looked decent in some cases. Mm -hmm. um, so what they do is they categorize you and put it kind of put you in this category of like, oh, it's all in your head, right? Like, um, uh, you're just stressed. And, and so what they're saying is that actually not incorrect, but they almost poo poo it and they don't actually start digging to try and help you. Um, what is the stress? What is really going on with you? Um, so I think that's that's something. Did you kind of find that to oh. be the case as well? What you noticed? Majorly. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because that was huge. That was the response I got all the time. You're just stressed. Oh, I think you're just stressed. We're not seeing anything wrong. And then it's like you feel gaslit and you feel like you're losing your mind because you're like, well, 
I don't know why there's no answers here. I don't know why it looks, you know, it looks normal because I don't feel normal and it can't be normal for me to be, you know, bloated. Like I'm five months pregnant every time I eat something. So yeah. And then it just causes you to lose trust with yourself sometimes, but also feel very lonely. I remember like calling my mom many times and just being distraught and in tears. Cause I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I don't feel like anyone's ever going to be able to help me. And that feeling too, that you're talking about is something I hear a lot from highly sensitive people in my community who will message me and be like, oh my gosh, I've been on this journey for years and no one, no one gets me. I mean, I feel so lucky that I was able to take a different route and had access to find a doctor like you, because I, I can't imagine where I would be right now if that hadn't happened, you know, like some people stay on these journeys for years. So, well, I, I will add that um, I truly, cause I, I know, you know, enough about this and all your research and all that you do um, that functional medicine right now is kind of the cutting edge approach right now to most of these chronic complex illnesses, SIBO included, leaky gut, autoimmune stuff, you know, IBS, um, all that stuff. Uh, and I truly agree functional medicine is the cutting edge approach. However, it's still looking at diet and lifestyle and um, supplements as the main interventions. And when they do deal with the stress part, they still just do something physical, which is like they might use ashwagandha mm -hmm. or they might they might give you adrenal support supplements. Right. Or things like that, which is fantastic compared to I still think what uh, traditional medicine is doing, which is generally nothing for one. Mm -hmm. um, or they say just, you know, chill out, go on a vacation, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Um, and, you know, sure. I mean, if we could all do that, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but Really, I think getting the true root cause is finding out what the issue is that's causing you the stress to begin with. So getting back to uh, your community, which is the highly sensitive uh, empathic community, um, this is kind of what I've noticed uh, over the years. I've been in practice 25 years now, uh, and I've been working on this chronic complex illness stuff for about 16, 17 years. Um, what is it, Alyssa? Two to three percent of the population is empathic. Is that correct? So actually, high, 15 to 20 percent is highly sensitive. I don't know necessarily okay. about the empathic piece, but, you know, it's usually pretty correlated with that. So, yeah. Okay. Um, what I read a while ago um, was I heard that the empathic community was maybe two to three and highly sensitive, maybe like a subset of that. Sure. Um, but with the two to three percent empathic, I would say my practice is probably 30 percent or more empathic. Wow. Uh, most of the time I ask people is like I, I ask them, are they empathic? And they say some say yes, because some kind of know they are. Most people have no idea that they are. <laughs> right. And then I ask them a few questions and and they go, uh, they answer yes to my questions. And I go, I think you're if you're not an empath, you're close or at least look into it. And they come back, they go, you know, I think I I might be. So um, what I think it is, is people that are highly sensitive and empathic they just pick up on so much more and they also hold on to so much more and they have a harder time letting go of so much more than your average person. Not by choice. It's just kind of how they're built, I guess. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe you could speak a little bit uh, on that as yeah. well. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that like you see so many people that are very empathic in your practice because yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's multiple layers to it. One is just the fact that like, if you're very sensitive, your nervous system is more sensitive. So I think it's just like, if something happens to us, it can feel traumatic way more easily than it would to somebody who's less sensitive. Like I just think of being a kid and I remember specifically, and I, this might've come up in one of our sessions. I don't remember, but we had this car that had an issue with the alarm and like the alarm on it would go off randomly. And it was just like so loud and so abrupt. And I remember being terrified of that vehicle as a child mm. and just being like, mm. I don't want to go in there. I didn't even want to go in the garage near it. And I remember if the alarm would go off. I would like feel it in my body. Like my stomach would just turn over. And that's just like one small thing where a kid who's less sensitive would not be impacted. But for me, I was just like, I remember feeling on edge. So it's just like all of these little things in our lives can add up and we don't realize how much they, we hold on to them and how it can actually impact us as adults, just kind of that like hypervigilant edgy feeling. And the other thing, yeah. And the other piece is like the empathic piece where we are just like caring so much about others, feeling their energy and their moods and feeling responsible for it. And then that become, you know, becomes stuff that we hold on to. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to me. And that's why like our work together really is what led me to learning. I was so sensitive because I was in this crazy work environment where no one else seemed to be impacted by the stress of everyone and the yelling. And yet here I was like wanting to curl up in a ball and feeling just like sick every day. So yeah, it's really interesting, that connection. Yeah. Hypervigilance is the the, the word that we all use because, you know, everyone understands fight or flight, mm-hmm. but the, the thing is, if you're constantly in fight or flight, you're constantly hypervigilant, then that's going to be a problem. Um, now, I would say that people that might be highly sensitive and people that are empathic, uh, they get a bad rap. But uh, what I want to tell you is uh, there's nothing wrong with being sensitive. And I'll use this analogy. So you know what? You've heard of Ferraris, obviously. Ferraris are these super exotic, expensive sports cars. But they're super sensitive. They're highly tuned. Like you, if anything is even slightly off with it, it's $1,000 going to the shop again, right? Now, uh, then you have like a Toyota or like a Kia. And literally those things are like bulletproof. Like you don't have to do much except, you know, put in water, uh, fill the tires with air and change the oil every like 7,000 miles, right? And that thing will just run forever. But, But a Ferrari, oh my God, literally anything you do, is going to knock that thing out of tune and you're going to have to go to the mechanic again. So which is actually, which is actually the better um, thing. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So it's just, I think sensitive and highly, uh, highly sensitive and empathic people. They just, like you said, have a more um, sensitive, highly tuned nervous system. But see, one of my mentors taught me this. He says, that's actually a great thing. Think of think of us in the wild. Okay, let's say we were um, still in the on the savanna, you know, living out in the savanna. Now, would your nervous system and would your life benefit better if you were able to sense that a lion was a half a mile away versus you finally realize the lion is right in front of you, 
by its breath yeah. and which one's the better one to to have right when wouldn't it be better if I ooh, I sense that there's a line like half a mile away so you have a better chance of survival versus like oh crap it's right in my face right now so <laughs> yeah. that's another way to look at being highly sensitive right I love that. Yeah, it's such a good way to like, just like reframe it because it's true. And it's like, people often, yeah, feel like, oh, it's such a burden and things like that. But it's like, oh my gosh, think of all of the the gifts that come with this and think of it is really like, I imagine, you know, an evolved survival strategy, the way that we're wired. And that's, there's so many gifts that come with that. Also just being like, so attuned to other people's feelings and needs, like you can use that as a huge strength in building relationships with people. It's been huge with me in business and being able to like really know how to support others and things like that. So it's like huge. And I would say, you know, one of the things that I learned that in working with you that really helped me was, you know, not seeing everything as an alarm bell, not seeing everything as like a high, you know, how like working with my fight or flight response to not get to that state with the small things that actually don't need the response, you know? So I'm curious, like, cause obviously a huge part of your work is working with the emotional piece. Like how does that relate to, to food and, and chronic illness and all of this? Like what is the kind of relationship there? Well, with the chronic illness part we were talking about is um, again, highly sensitive and empathic people have a highly sensitive nervous system. So they're hypervigilant. And remember that hypervigilance is again a fight or flight response. Um, so let's use this really simplistic way of understanding how the nervous system works and fight or flight works. Um, you watch football, um, yeah. Alyssa, at all? Yeah. Okay. Do you know what a two-minute drill is? No, I don't actually. Okay. So in football, let's say what's what's your favorite team? The Vikings. The Vi- oh, I'm a Vikings Minnesota. fan too. You are? Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. I love Fran Tarkenton when I was a little kid. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, so let's say your that your Vikings are down by three touchdowns, mm-hmm. and there's five minutes left in the in the game, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can play safe and you can play defense, but no, you have five minutes left to score three touchdowns. So you just you put all your eggs in one basket. Because you're going to lose or or you have to win or lose, right? So that's what fight or flight is. It's like a two-minute drill in your survival system. So you are either going to live or die, and, and that's it. Now, so what the body does is it shifts its energy to the systems that are going to be needed for survival, okay? And those systems that aren't needed for survival get kind of shifted more behind the scenes. They're a little bit more on the back burner. They're not shut down, but they're just kind of put kind of, you know, uh, in the background. Okay. Do you know what those three systems that are not needed to, okay. Say you're fighting a bear. What three systems are not needed to live for five more minutes? Cause that's what the uh, fight or flight is it's that two minute drill but it's really like a five minute drill right okay so what three systems do you not need to fight or run from that bear um i mean one would be digestion i imagine good job good job (laughs) the other one would it be like i don't know like having to go to the bathroom (laughs) like uh no not really i mean it could be but that's uh that's Not not necessarily the one but um 
I don't know. What are they? I don't know. <laughs> uh, re reproduction. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't need to make a kid in the next five minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and your immune system. Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. Right. Because you don't yeah. need to fight the bugs right now. You you yeah. want to fight them long term. Wow. So the three systems that are down down regulated are digestion, immune, mm. and reproductive. And what do most people go to uh, functional medicine doctors, holistic doctors for? Uh, uh, inflammation, immune issues, digestive issues, hormone issues, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So because people are in fight or flight. Oh my gosh. That's so Does interesting. That, Does that make sense? Yeah. That's like a huge yeah. aha. I just didn't realize those other two. And it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like no yeah. wonder. And again, uh, highly sensitive people and um, uh, empathic people tend to be probably more in a, in a state of fight or flight than your average person. Mm -hmm. And so then do you see that people like kind of get stuck there? Like, is that possible? Because after a while, like with my digestive issues, it was just so chronic and like then it it manifests into more issues or how does that kind of work you know because it's like does my body does your nervous system just get used to like being so ramped up that it doesn't know how to like relax it that's part of it uh but see remember think of think of your issues when you're having them uh -huh. were you were, was the vicious cycle that whenever anything would happen with your digestion and you couldn't understand did that make you stress even more Ooh, yes right yeah uh -huh. so so part of it's that part of it's like oh why, why is this happening? Or I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, and it's not getting better. And, and so then that creates more stress. So it's all these vicious cycles are going back and forth. Uh, but one thing you mentioned earlier was you said that you used to have uh, a lot of, um, you used to not have food issues, right? Uh -huh. And then they just all of a sudden started having more and more. That is usually what I find uh, underneath a lot of people that have intolerances and sensitivities to foods and maybe even environment and chemicals and things like that, those tend to be the ones that have an emotional trigger or attachment to them. And, um, you know, I don't think we've talked a lot today about it, but what I what I have to do in my practice, as we did with you, um, we generally put you on a diet. Uh, and so when you had SIBO, we put you on a low FODMAPS diet. And then we gave you things to heal the things that were, you know, going on inflammation, uh, breaking down the food with enzymes, you know, helping leaky gut, uh, detoxifying the liver, you know, all that sort of stuff. So that's, that's the stuff we do. But then eventually what we want to do is after we've healed most of that stuff, we want to add the foods back in and see which ones trigger you, right? And generally there's going to be several or more foods that trigger people um, once they discover that there's some things that are creating inflammation or fermentation, things like that. So um, the, the obvious choice is, well, you don't eat those foods. So if you don't eat those foods, you should be okay. But how many of us really want to kind of remove all our favorite foods of our diet? I mean, I think if we have to, to in order to feel good, we will. But given the choice of, oh, maybe you'd still feel good, and maybe you'd still eat the foods that kind of maybe have been bothering, but what if we had a solution to that? Because if, if I uh, if I kind of heard right from speaking to you a while ago, um, a lot of the foods that used to bother you that that you had to remove, most of them you can either eat 
you know, sparingly or they don't bother you anymore. Is that correct, Alyssa? Correct. Yeah. That's been one of the coolest things for me is like, I eat quite normally now. I, I, well, you know, normally like most things, I still avoid gluten like 70% of the time. Like if I eat it, I'll eat some sourdough bread. It's no big deal. It's more just like if I do it all the time. Um, and I avoid milk. Like I can eat cheese, like, and that's pretty much it. Like I, I don't, I try not to have a bunch of added sugar, but yeah. I don't have to think much about it at all. And I, you know, it feels like for me and my experience, I know everyone is different, but I feel like once I healed my gut, once I understood how my chronic stress and anxiety and things like that were impacting me, like once that was kind of figured out, I am able to eat so much more freely because yeah. it was just such a huge stress component for me and all of these subconscious issues that were creating more stress, I think. So, yeah, but but it was really, yeah, interesting, like that approach where it's like, okay, let's get things like calmed down and then let's see if there are actually some food intolerances here for you. Because I think gluten is always going to be something that my body doesn't love and I can live with that. Like, that's okay. Okay, let's use another analogy here. You're you're fairly young, so you may not remember this um, very well. But uh, do you remember Star Trek, the original series? Yeah, I never watched it, but I like know what it is and stuff. So. Oh, okay, um, what the Enterprise, the the starship would always have would have shields, right? And if the shields were on full power, uh, even if it got hit by you know, the Klingons or by the, by the enemy, uh, by ter- photon torpedoes or uh, whatever, you know, lasers they have, um, the Enterprise could withstand it. I mean, it'd still take, it'd take a jolt, but it could withstand it. So when our body is healthy, uh, like there's no leaky gut, the liver's working well, there's no inflammation, your blood sugar's intact, your stresses, your, you know, your fairly uh, flexible with the stress. You can handle most things around you. It's almost like you have full force force fields on, right? Your shields are at, at their maximum. So then whatever, what's ever thrown at you, like you go get a slice of pizza, right? And, but you have full force fields. Okay, you'll probably be okay. Yeah. But imagine over time, if your force fields are kind of uh, slowly torn down. You know, like you're at 10% force fields, right? Right now, right? Then you go have a pizza. And then that that morning, uh, your boyfriend and you had an argument. And so it's just a disaster waiting to happen, yes. right? Yeah. So so that's how it works because everyone's looking at everything as like this um this just single singular thing, but it's a spectrum of what happens. So if you can keep your body in like almost full shields you're people handle most things which which takes me to um do you mind if we talk about that experience when you went to michigan um or minnesota i'm sorry minnesota and you went uh to a bachelorette party was that it was it was yeah 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 so it was my best friend's wedding um do you want me to share it or do you want to? yes please okay so yeah, um, we were, I forget how many, so it was October that she got married and I believe I started working with you in July, maybe, I don't know. So we'd been working together for a while. I was in the thick of like healing my gut, but we were making a lot of progress. But at the time of my best friend's wedding, I was still meant to be on like a strict diet, very much healing. 
And uh, I went back Some to foods, like certain foods would bother you. Certain foods would bother me. Like I still was like, oh my gosh, very, very minimal foods that I could eat. So at her wedding, there was mac and cheese, cupcakes, just mashed potatoes, which I think were usually okay for me, but all these foods. And I was like, it's my best friend's wedding. Screw it. I'm just going to eat it. I'm just going to go for it. And it's funny because I approached it as like, I was so excited to eat it. And I actually was, I had this like thought in my mind. I'm like, I'm going to digest this well. I just kept like telling myself that because I just so wanted to enjoy it. And it was amazing. I literally had no symptoms and I, I, I did not have a stomach ache, nothing. And I remember going back and seeing you and telling you that I had done that. And I was almost like admitting, you know, oh no, I did this. And you're like, you know, you're like, oh, did you get sick? And I was like, no. <laughs> and it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, but I don't know if you remember this part. Um, this is kind of what I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember you telling me that. And I was shocked because because that was going to be the learning lesson for you. Yeah. Like, okay, she's going to tell me that, you know, she her <laughs> her SIBO symptoms are terrible. That'll teach her. She'll know. But <laughs> when you said it was great, I'm going, oh, wow, that's amazing. I, I go, um, but did it feel bad again? I think you said as soon as you were like on your way home, yes. things started to flare up. And that's when I made the connection to you. And I think I mentioned to you, I go, I think this is what's going on, Alyssa. Is So when you came in, you had high stress and you were eating a lot of uh, really foods that were not uh, preferential for your condition. Uh-huh. But then as we started working, you your stress was a little bit better. Uh, and then you minimize the bad food you're eating. And so the combination of those two added up to your body being well tolerated, right? Yeah. But then when you went to Minnesota, your stress was like almost zero because, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't worry about anything. You were just having fun. You didn't worry about life at, you know, work and relationships, you know, finances, all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were just in heaven, And then even though you're eating all these bad foods, the combination of those two still add up to not uh, like a number that you can't tolerate. So do you remember us talking about that? I do. I do. And that that experience is something I always think about. And it's something like, you know, even to this day, like it's been years since I've been in your office and and I still have times where, you know, I'll notice myself get off balance because I'm stressed. Like even in the past, like several weeks, I've just had some like challenging last few weeks, but I had been, I had been eating sourdough toast every morning and it wasn't bothering me at all. But then just in the last couple of weeks, I was like really stressed and I've started getting a stomach ache again. And so I'm like, okay, take that out. Like, and you know, and just after a couple of days, I like feel completely fine. So it's like, I remember that just like balance, like I can tolerate more when I'm in a more calm, stress-free state. And when I'm not, I really have to be more mindful of fueling my body with things that like really work, which is obviously what ideally we would do all of the time. But like, you know, I like, I personally, I love having balance and I like to go live my life and not have to like, you know, always eat perfectly. So I think that that was huge. And you know, I, I imagine it probably depends where someone is on their journey too. Cause I'm sure if I just had first had like two visits with you and then I went and ate mac and cheese in Minnesota, I probably would like not have been able to handle it. So it's like, it's, Correct. you know, <laughs> uh, basically what I tell patients who've been seeing me for a while now is I tell them there's three main things that are generally always going to be in the picture or in the, um, the pie of, of what's going to be affecting them. 
uh, versus diet and either what they're eating or not eating. So that's one like pillar. The second pillar is your environment. You know, what's around you, chemicals, uh, electric, electromagnetic fields, you know, all that stuff. Um, and then stress. Yeah. And I would say most of the people that have um, gone through a functional program generally are pretty good with their foods. Uh, and they're pretty good with their supplements. And most people are also pretty good about their environment because they know that uh, there's a lot of things that can bother them. So they usually go to non-toxic detergents and, you know, um, uh, non-toxic, you know, cleaning agents and they get skincare that's a little bit um, less toxic as well. Sure. So usually those two are covered, but the the one part that most people just don't generally have a handle on uh -huh. is their stress aspect, right? Most people don't even know, they're not even aware that they're stressed. They go, oh no, everything in my life is fine. But actually the stress part, Alyssa, uh, maybe you could speak to this, speak to the whole idea of this like internal stress that we carry, this, this um, perspective of how we look at the world through our inner lens how would you how would you describe that stress that maybe you know um your community deals with more so than even your your average person oh yeah i mean i feel like we often are just running on such a low level of stress it becomes so normal and natural for us to constantly be like anxious and overthinking that we just think it's like normal and that's how we should always feel so i think of like the highly sensitive experience like a lot of people and myself included, I've gotten a lot better about this, but a lot of people will say like, oh, they they go hang out with some friends and then they go home and they're overthinking everything they said. And they're thinking about that person's facial expression and oh, were they, did they think I sounded dumb? Why did I say this? It's like, there's so much like added layers to every, every experience they, you know, or they, they go to work and they have the to-do list and it's loud in there and people are talking and they're feeling overwhelmed and they're like on edge. And then they're stressed about doing a good job. It's like, there's just like so much going on. And I think the other piece of it, which was like completely game changing for me was understanding the like subconscious connection and how we often really struggle with things due to past experiences. So like for me, my huge thing that we worked through over and over again was comparing myself to my smart younger brother. And I would overwork myself and push myself to burnout. I would wake up at 4 a.m. to finish work projects to impress my boss. And it's like, that's like at the surface level, what I was doing, which was hurting my body. But like, why was I driven to do that? Because I had these subconscious beliefs that I wasn't good enough unless I could prove myself. And it's just like so complicated. So that was like huge for me and working with you was like making these deeper connections because it again, it feels like getting to the root cause of something versus being like, oh, just manage your stress. Like, yes, but like, it, we also need to understand why we're getting so, so stressed. So that was just like a huge unlock for me. And that's something now that in my own way, I love to help highly sensitive people with is like, hey, look, there's actually probably something deeper here than just you, you know, getting overwhelmed by people or working too much. That's an awesome realization. Are you doing better now with um, not tr like chasing that that elusive thing with your brother? 
majorly better. I mean, it's still a work in progress because it's interesting how like new life experiences like bring up new things. So it's like I got better at it with work, but then I became a mom and it's like, oh, but I want to be the best. And then it brings it up in different ways. But the awareness is huge. Like I can't unknow that now. Well, here's here's one part um, that, you know, uh, I've been working with, too, which might give people an aha, but they might also go, oh, wow, that's the strangest thing I've ever heard. So remember how I said that if you um, are bothered by certain foods and you don't eat them, you'll you'll be fine. But there's a lot of people that actually have uh, intolerances and sensitivities to specific foods because they had some past trauma with that food. So I'll give you an example is let's say um, you have a um, a BFF, say it's your dog spot, right? You're seven years old. You love your dog spot. You love that. You love spot better than anyone else on this planet. So you're in the kitchen and you're eating a banana split and your brother comes in and says, oh no, Spot just got run over and killed. And he's, you know, flat in the, you know, street and he's dead and you're eating the banana split. So what are, what are your emotions going to be? You're going to feel sad. You're going to feel guilty. You weren't out watching them. Uh, you're going to be angry. You have all these like complex emotions, right? And that could be uh, like a PTSD moment for you. But while you're eating the banana split, you might tag the banana with that emotion. It's like Pavlov's dog, right? It's that um, conditioned response. So you tag that banana right then and there, your system's still resilient enough to be able to handle it. But say then all of a sudden you're 24 years old and you're working in corporate America and you are pushing yourself to be uh, good enough and the best and to perform and, you know, keep up with work and everything. And your system is just, it can't, it can't handle everything anymore. Oh, now the banana looks like, uh, like an enemy, right? And so you're going to start reacting to the banana and you go, why am I reacting the banana? I've always been able to handle banana. Right. And so that's what happens with these food intolerances and sensitivities. Remember we talked about how a lot of times people don't have food issues and then they eventually just start piling on. It's because again, the body is, uh, it's not at full shields anymore. It's like at 10% shields or the shields are completely gone. Also, it's like any, any little thing can disrupt it, right? You can throw it like, again, the Star Trek analogy, there's no shields. You throw a brick at the, at the starship now and it's going to hurt it, right? Yeah. So interesting. It makes so much sense, like why that would be the case too. Like, because I think of the times when I've been super stressed out and like eating something and then it's like my stomach, you know, it just like, it doesn't work well for me. And it makes me think too, again, back to the highly sensitive thing, like, well, if we do get ramped up and overwhelmed and, and you know, potentially traumatized more easily then well, it wouldn't be too, like, it would make sense if there may be a lot of foods that were connected to those different times in our lives. So then for you, when you work with people who have had that experience, like, what does it look like? Is it like kind of talking through that past like experience and then helping them see it in a new way? 
Well, the, the thing is, remember the technique we use, neuroemotional technique that we yep. used with you? Uh, that's a technique I use to go and find the actual trauma okay. um, and, and see like, you know, when it happened, things like that. Um, but I'm I'm doing a new, um, it's actually going to be an online course yeah. where um, people can do this at home. So I'm going to walk them through a process. There's some, uh, you know, remedies and some other uh, uh, products that they'll use to kind of uh, shift shift that association for them so it's it's really 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 cool because it's not too hard to do uh i think it's going to be i think it's going to help a lot of people oh it's gosh. completely novel no one else has you know <laughs> even ever talked about this and uh so either people are going to love it or they're just going to think it's the craziest thing in the world but um i you know i beta tested with hundreds and hundreds of patients over the years and that's why you know we're rolling it out because uh, it'll work fantastic um the technique i use actually works much better but i can only see so many people and this technique allows us to put it out there and um you know put it out to so many people but i will share this one thing because uh, i truly think this can be something that can be a little bit of a shield for most people um uh, not always but it can be um, myself, I had a really, really big trauma when I um, went to go propose to uh, this one woman. I thought she was going to say yes. I get there and she ghosted me, right? And so it was, it was, ugh, it, it just, it killed me, right? So I am so stressed and uh, I'm in a different country. And um, so the entire time I'm just sad and depressed and everything. But every time I ate, um, a meal, I made sure that I thought of a happy, joyful thought wow. because I didn't want to tag whatever foods I was eating at, at that point. And so even though it was really hard to do that, I made sure I did that. And I seemed to kind of survived, you know, tagging the foods because I all the foods I ate still seemed to be okay with me. They still agree with me. So, but to make that a practical thing for people that are listening to you. So, um, I heard this when I was uh, first starting in the holistic world. They said, whenever you eat, always think positive thoughts and maybe even say an, a prayer or give uh, give thanks and things like that. And so, um, you know, for a lot of people that may sound hokey, but if you can shift your your thoughts to being a positive one, it can it can change your physiology. And so therefore it can maybe make it so that you're, you're not susceptible to tagging a food uh, when you're in a stressed time. Now, here's something to think about too. Um, do you know the like t uh, nine or 10 um, foods that account for about 80 to 90% of all the allergies in this country? Alyssa, do you know those foods? Um, would it be like wheat, eggs? Gluten, nuts? yeah. Wheat, shellfish, um, some nuts. Um, uh, I believe it's dairy, things like that. So if you look at most of that list, they tend to be comfort foods that we might turn to. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. So when do we, what do we eat when we're highly stressed? Yeah. Ice cream and all the, all the comfort foods. Like, right. Right. Yeah. So is it possible that we tag wow. these foods because we turn to them when we're stressed? What a good point. Yeah. 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 So. Oh my gosh. Super interesting. It makes, that makes a ton of sense just to like, see that as a possibility through that lens is like, it's going to be so eye-opening for people listening. And also we'll definitely, we're going to link get the, the website for your course in the show notes here. Cause I just know like having that kind of awareness, like 
around how how we can make these connections and start to like un understand what foods are impacting you and what maybe the emotional connection is there the trauma is there like that is literally life-changing to be able to make those shifts within yourself because I know I was lucky enough to have our one-on-one -on -one work together for a couple of years and now I feel like I have the tools to kind of like assess in my life and and make adjustments because I was like empowered with all of that information but it's just like that is game-changing something random that came to mind that always stuck out about something that you said that and I'm curious if you'd talk about this one of the first things you asked me when we worked together was do you actually want to get well and you asked me like do you and I and you did the like muscle testing on me and it was like my I actually like went limp or whatever like my subconscious was that I didn't want to actually get well or I didn't believe it was possible so you were talking about like mindset and things like that so I'm curious if like is that something you see that people want say they want to get well but they're kind of holding on to this old identity of being sick or what is that component of it I would say majority of my uh patients that come in to see see me have these self-sabotaging patterns or what uh, some people might call limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Now, you could imagine all these people, they've tried a lot of different doctors, they spent a lot of money, they've uh, been suffering for several years. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine when I tell them, oh, by the way, uh, your subconscious says you don't want to uh, get well. Do you, do, you know, do you know how angry they get? I or can how much they think I'm just off my rocker. Um, but I mean, honestly, if if this wasn't an issue, I wouldn't even address it. But it is such a huge issue. Um, and, and this is why most people self-sabotage. Uh, remember, remember, our subconscious is there to think it's trying to protect us. Um, and generally what happens is uh, in these self-sabotaging patterns, we our subconscious perceives there might be a perceived benefit to either being sick mm -hmm. uh, or not being well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so some people might understand this one. Uh, believe it or not, this doesn't isn't the prominent uh, one, but most people understand this one. Um, when Often when we're sick or when we don't feel good, we might get more attention, sympathy, um and energy from people around us right uh -huh. so um once you're well you may not receive that as much anymore yeah. so subconsciously that may be a pattern but like i said that is i rarely see that one that's not the big one it's actually believe it or not it's the expectation of uh having to do more be more mm -hmm. um get on with your life um, no more excuses. Uh, you got to reach your maximum potential, you know, all that. Uh, if we're well, there's often the one, but then people always go, well, I want to do more. Um, I want to succeed. I, um, you know, all that I go, well, yeah, I know you do consciously, but then when all of a sudden all those expectations are thrown on you, it's like, oh my God, it just feels like the weight of the world on your shoulders. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I resonate with that, with the, that second one a lot. Um, Cause I remember when you asked me that and I was like, taken aback and I wasn't like mad, but I was like, wait, what? Like, but it was very, it was like something clicked because for me it was like, yeah, the pressure of like, oh, I can't fall back on this as the reason why I'm not at my 
quote unquote full potential or you know it was just something that kind of like kept me safe I would say because I got to like sit out from things I got to leave social gatherings early I got to like you know kind of I would use it as a crutch a lot of times again not consciously but once I once you said that I couldn't get it out of my head and the thing that's kind of interesting too with like I don't have this issue but I have some friends who have healed from chronic health issues and they have a fear of of such a fear of burning out again that they like often will hold themselves back from from you know following their dreams because they were so burned in the past so that's something I see with people too and I you know I don't know I feel like it's all so complicated and and stuff like that but I think when you are armed with the tools and knowledge to you know you make it through something like this you make it to the other side of this chronic illness like I don't know it just made me feel so much more resilient and strong and again working together it just gave me the tools so I know okay if I get to a point of stomach problems again or fatigue like well I I know a lot of the things to do to to get myself back and a huge part of it is looking at that subconscious stuff and and managing my stress like it's the you know, everyone wants like, oh, this is the pill to take and this is the diet to do. And it's like, it's not, it's just not just that. So you want a little tip? I'm going to share a little secret with your, uh, your listeners. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So like you said, it it can get you out of things. Health really can't, it truly does. I mean, Mm -hmm. we all know health can get us out of things. Um, So I actually use poor health as a way to get out of things. But instead of getting sick, I'll just kind of tell a little fib and white lie to get out of things. So I'll, I'll tell you this quick story. Uh, so I have a really large family. I have like aunts, uncles, cousins. When we have get togethers, it's like 60 to 70 people. So we had this birthday party one time and it was um, uh, on a Sunday night and I had to work on Monday. And it was, uh, I live in Orange County and my uh, father and my aunts live in Los Angeles uh, in the San Fernando Valley, which is, I don't know, a good 50, 40, 50 minutes away. Right. So I had to go pick up my parents. uh, I'm sorry, my dad and my aunts. um, And then I had to drive them to uh, Monterey Park, which is coming back this way a little bit. So then we had our birthday dinner and it went a couple hours. And then around maybe eight, eight 30, we'd finished. And then of course, everyone wants to chat and mingle. And so I'm going, okay. And I'm the driver, right? So it's about maybe nine o'clock now. And then I'm like going, hey, dad, I, I need to leave. I need to work tomorrow, right? And he goes, um, oh, so, no, it's it's okay. They're not gonna be much longer. So anyway, this goes on for probably another half an hour or so. I keep tugging at him. Come on, dad, I gotta go. Uh, I, I gotta work. Oh, it's, it's okay. It's just gonna be a little bit longer. So no one's moving. So finally, I said to my dad, I go, dad, I think my stomach's bothering me. The the soup we had tonight, I think it's really, oh, it's bothering me a lot. And as soon as I said that, he grabs my aunts, we run out the door and, and we're off, right? So <laughs> I, I had to basically tell him a little white lie uh-huh. to get out of it. But, you know, if, what? <laughs> you know, if you're okay doing that, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a small white lie. It's not a <laughs> giant, white, giant lie. So I just say, okay, instead of getting sick, just if you need to get you know, need to tell people you're not well to get out things, do that. Good tip for the highly sensitive people out there who are like, get me out of this situation. I'm done. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Especially if they've have all these years been kind of not well, then 
people already know you're predisposed to that. So you can use that to your advantage. But instead of getting sick, just use it as an excuse, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. That's funny. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I really loved this conversation today. I've, I can just imagine people are going to be like loving this and messaging me about it because I just feel like we talked about a lot of things that people don't normally talk about or hear about. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to like come on the podcast and, and share and everything. So, um, I was oh, curious. If, yeah. I was curious if you wanted to just share how people could connect with you if you want to talk a little more about your upcoming course, um, because I think that's seriously going to be amazing for people. Like I have no yeah. doubt. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, it hasn't launched yet, so uh, it's not available uh, quite yet, but it will mm-hmm. hopefully in the next month or so. Uh, it's called emotionalallergy.com, emotionalallergy.com. Uh, and um, I think I have a blog there. It'll show um, my course. It's not set in stone. And just some other info about this connection between foods, uh, intolerances, sensitivities, emotional stress, things like that. Uh, and actually, I think you're one of my bonuses, Alyssa, yeah. there. So, yeah. So, thank you for being on that. And then um, I'm also, I have my website's uh, bodywisdomhealing.com. But I think the thing that most people can kind of read about what I do is off my social media stuff. So, if people go to like my Yelp account, which is, um, Ray H. Jin, DC, and I'm in Laguna Hills. Um, they can just read some of the reviews because a lot of people talk about um, this stuff and kind of how what we're looking at because it's not just a physical thing that we're always looking at, but we're working on the uh, emotional stress, the anxiety, the depression that people deal with, and you know all the leaky gut and the SIBO stuff and all that. So anyway, yeah. amazing. Yeah, everyone definitely go check that out. I'll have it all linked in in the show notes here. So. Yay. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dr. Jen. Thanks so much, Alyssa. Glad to be on with you. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.